0: Well, I've been hearing reports ever since the surgery of Pope Francis, his colon surgery, that he may resign. He may abdicate. And uh, I haven't talked about it. I haven't reported it because, I mean, every time something negative happens in a Pope's health, this is what people always say, as Pope Francis said in a recent interview that actually comes out tomorrow, but we have some sneak peeks of it that we're going to talk about today that, it seems Pope Francis is brushing off or dismissing the rumors that he will resign. If you've been following this, you probably know that the rumor is that he's going to resign on his birthday in December um, because of his bad health, uh, because of cancer, because of complications from the surgery. It seems that Pope Francis is not going to, based on this recent resignation. There's also discussion that Pope Francis, just as he has clarified his stance and the um, policies for the traditional Latin Mass, may actually come out with information or a redefinition of what it means to be Pope Emeritus. In other words, describing for the world what Pope Benedict is, because there are thousands of people, who believe that Pope Benedict is still the Pope, because he wears the white cassock, the ring, the shoes. You've probably heard it all before. I did a poll on Twitter last week, and people raised their eyebrows at it, um, whether or not they believe that Pope Benedict is the true, valid Pope right now, on this day. And uh, people were somewhat shocked by the results on Twitter and said, oh, this is so Sede vacantis this is so Sede, it's so Sede, but you have to realize uh, that a lot of people aren't Sede's, they actually believe Ben XVI is uh, the real Pope. Um, you've maybe heard Anne Barnhart say that, I've had uh, Dr. Maza come on and give the Maza thesis, which has gone through uh, different forms over the past, I guess, year and a half. Uh, it's not a position that I hold with any epistemic certainty. I've always been pretty open and clear that I recognize Francis as Pope. I say putative Pope. If the Diocese of Rome, the Apostolic See, and 100% of the cardinals recognize him, I defer to that judgment. However, I, with the rest of the world, realize that Francis has a lot of things that seem to contradict with sacred scripture, and sacred tradition. But I'm just a dad on a webcam, and I have no authority in that regard. Okay, so today we're going to talk about this interview, uh, the dismissal, that he's going to resign. I'm going to explain why I think Francis will not resign unless something very bad, terminal, chronic, happens to his health. Um, even then, I don't think he would resign. Uh, the role of Pope Emeritus. And I'm going to talk about This pope here, this is Pope Saint Celestine. He is one of the popes who abdicated. And what's interesting about him, I'll give just a little bit of history on him, is he was not a pope emeritus. He went back to his original name, unlike Benedict. And this difference, this distinction is important. I'm also going to share something about today's saint, this is him right here, St. Raymond Nonnatus. Nonnatus is not his last name, it's a description. He was not born. He is a saint who was never born from his mother's womb. Isn't that mysterious? I think you'll find it interesting. You'll also find it interesting that his lips were padlocked shut by the Muhammadans. I'll talk about that. I'm also going to share a proverb today from the book of Proverbs. And uh yeah, should be a good show. So please go ahead and like the show, give it the thumbs up, share the show, and if you're new, please subscribe by hitting the subscription button. It's right there next to the like. You hit the subscribe and then you hit the bell, and then YouTube is forced, required, to say, Taylor Marshall just put out a new video and you'll be notified. Okay, let us pray. We'll pray the uh, Our Father, and I'd like to pray this uh, Our Father for Cardinal Burke, who is recovering still from COVID, and we've been lifting him in our prayers, and today we'll pray together the Paternoster for him. Oremos. Nomini Patris, et fidi et spiritus sancti, Amen. Pater qui es in caeli, sanctificator nomen tuum, advenia regnum tuum, fia voluntas tua, sicut in cello et in terra. Panem nostrum quotidianum la nobis et etimit nobis debita nostra, sicut nos dimittimus debitoribus nostris, et nenos inducas in tentationem, se libera nos amado, amen. Sancte Leone, ora pronobis, nomini patris, et vidii, et spiritu santi, amen. All right, first off, today's saint, Saint Raymond non natus. Non natus means not born. How can you have a man? Who was never born? Well, the answer is I've heard it in sermons. It's related that he was born of Caesarean after his mother died, is what I've heard. So his mother could not deliver him. She died in childbirth. The doctors uh, did the Caesarean section. As you know, Caesarean's been around all the way going back to the Caesars, Julius Caesar. And of course, she did not live. I believe she was already dead. So his nickname was Natus, St. Raymond Natus. And if you look in the bravery or in the Missal, he's called Nonnatus, not born, because he did not come from his mother's womb naturally, but came out cesarean. Now, he was a mercedarian. What's a mercedarian? They would sell themselves into slavery in order to redeem and buy back Christians who had been sold in slavery to the Muslims. Here's some stats on St. Raymond to impress you. He went to Valencia, where he ransomed 140 Christians from slavery. He then traveled to North Africa and was able to ransom another 250 captives. He went to Tunis, where he surrendered and sold himself as a hostage for 28 Catholics. When his money ran out in keeping with the special fourth vow taken by members of the order, So that's how it worked out. When they ran out of money that had been donated to them, they sold themselves. They exchanged themselves for the Christians to get out of slavery. Even though he was a slave, he's a priest. He can't say mass. He's a slave under the Muslims. He keeps preaching to the Muslims to convert them. See, there's no ecumenical nonsense, dialogue, Oh, Islam is a good religion. You can be saved in Islam. Just follow the Quran according to your conscience. No. St. Raymond Nanatus preached constantly for them to repent. So guess what the Muslims did? They bored a hole through his top lip with a hot iron. And then they bored a hole in his bottom lip with a hot iron. And then they padlocked his two lips together. So that he could no longer preach to them about Jesus Christ, the gospel, and baptism. That is a true saint, a true priest, a true preacher. Saint Raymond Nonnatus, pray for us. All right, today's oh the the uh, proverb today. You know, if you listen to my podcast long ago, like. 2014, 2015, you'll know that I did a proverb of the week. That was part of the show. I did a Latin word of the day and I did proverb of the week. Uh, in the last two or three years, I've discontinued that. Maybe I've done it a- occasionally in there. But I thought I was reading wisdom literature this past week, and I was, maybe my garden angel said, Yeah, remember when you used to read proverbs in the show? And I thought, you know, I'm going to do that this week and see. If y'all like it, see if you respond to it. So if you do like it, leave a comment or say so in the chat or give it a thumbs up and I'll know it. And this week I chose for the proverb actually comes from Ecclesiasticus, also known as Sirach. This is not in the Protestant Bibles, but it's Ecclesiasticus chapter six, verses seven and eight. And it's about friendship. All of us need friends. Here's what it says in verse 7. If thou wouldst get a friend, try him before thou takest him, and do not credit him easily. Verse 8. For there is a friend for his own occasion, and he will not abide in the day of thy trouble. End quote. Okay, so it's a two-verse proverb, and it says when you get a new friend, try him. And do not credit him easily. You see, there's a lot of people in this life. I'm in my 40s. As you can tell by the the gray salt and pepper. In my life, there have been many people who pretended to be my friend. And looking back, I'm like, oh, of course. How did I not see that? I was fooled. I was tricked. These people always want something from you. They want to use you. And I, I'm pretty sure everyone watching has experienced the same phenomenon. People pretend to like you, pretend to be your friend, because they want to get something out of you. It could be money. It could be fame. Maybe they want me to write a blurb on their book, or they want to come on this podcast and promote something, promote their tweet, whatever. But they want to, and They pretend to be your friend. But then, verse 8 For there is a friend for his own occasion, and he will not abide in the day of thy trouble. Okay, so these are how we know that we have true friends. I have friends uh, that go back 30 years. I have one friend that goes back over 40 years. We've been friends all these years. And those are the friends who, when sickness or family trouble or hardship or poverty came in, They were the friends who remained when it was hard and the ones that helped. So I saw a good meme that says, as you get older, your eyes become weaker, but you learn to see through people more easily. And I think it's that prudence over time to realize that there's probably the majority of people aren't going to be true friends to the end. My dad said, my dad's very wise and prudent. He told me, You're only going to have five real friends in your whole life. And hopefully, one of them is your spouse, and probably one or two of them are going to be your parents. Other than that, there aren't many true friends. So if you have true friends, thank God. And then also just be discerning and listen to what God's Word said about friends and people who want to use you, as it says, what's the word here in the Dewey Rheims? Uh, for his own occasion, for his own occasion. Okay, back to Pope Francis. So, as you know, he had surgery. It was serious surgery. There were four uh, surgeons I read during the surgery. It went much longer than expected. And uh, there's been all kinds of talk about colon cancer and also pancreatic cancer. And Pope Francis just did a new interview. It's a 90 minute interview with the Spanish radio Cope or Cope. And it will broadcast fully on Wednesday. And he addresses the rumors of his resignation. And here's the quote that we have we don't have the full interview because it doesn't come out till Wednesday, but he says, when asked about his resignation, Possible resignation, Francis replied, whenever a pope is sick, there's a breeze or hurricane of a conclave, referring to the process by which popes are elected. And the one who interviewed him says, We came to this interview with many questions and we left with many answers. Now, this headline, this article is all over uh, Catholic media right now. And I, you know, once I read the article and I looked at some of the other articles, I thought it was interesting that Pope Francis actually doesn't deny it. He does brush it off. He does seem to dismiss it. But he doesn't actually deny it, unless when we get the full interview in uh, on Wednesday. Um, maybe he says more. But what's been revealed so far, he doesn't actually deny it. He brushes it off. Now, I don't think he will resign. Uh, as you know, um, I have talked in previous podcasts that I believe his... Uh, Rule, the way he governs the church, is tyrannical. Uh, I believe that politically he's a Peronist. The Argentinian sort of say one thing in one context and say another thing in another context. I know those are harsh realities, but I've watched and studied the man and read almost everything he's written in the last eight years. And that's my opinion. And I could be wrong. God forgive me if I am wrong. But he also has a reputation amongst the apostolic curia and the cardinals of being stern, of being heavy-handed, and of pushing through uh, what he wants. Uh, He's, he's, uh, what's the, what's the word I'm trying, I have to be very careful because people who don't like me, my enemies are going to copy and paste and chop this whole thing up. So, I'm trying to be more and more careful with my words these days. Um, He is, uh, he's very affirming. (laughs) He's very um, aggressive with what he wants to accomplish. And you have to remember that people who um, throw their weight around in organizations, whether it's a volunteer organization or there's a corporation, whatever, a sports team, um, when they, when they like control, And get energized on control. It's really the last thing that they want to give up. And I think Pope Francis enjoys being Pope. And he does enjoy the power. And there's no way he's going to let it go. Now, you might say to me in reply, you could say, Well, if he really wants to keep power and preserve his legacy, he could do this. He could resign, he could continue to live in the Vatican, and he could be a puppet master living in the shadows, making sure that his legacy and his decisions and his appointments are honored over time. The problem with that is, is, I mean, whenever you have someone in power, whether it's a president in the United States or a CEO, people do defer to you and uh do um, aid and assist you in what you want. But as soon as you learn that lose that power or you're a sitting duck president, it's like rats fleeing a sinking ship. So for anyone to think, well, I won't be Pope anymore, but I'll still control things is very naive and I think Pope Francis is smarter than that and I don't think he's going uh, to allow that. I don't think he has any, um, plans that he would resign and then rule from the shadows. Um, so I don't think he's going to resign. The only way I could see him resigning is if he got super sick, really, really um, chronically ill. And even then, um, I think he might just, you know, suffer it out to the end. I guess we'll find out. Now, the more interesting news or reports is that Pope Francis is toying with the idea of defining the role of Pope Emeritus. Pope Emeritus, for 2,000 years, is a complete novelty. does not exist. As I mentioned, you can see on the screen here, um, Pope Celestine, who's actually a saint, who abdicated the papacy. I just closed out my window on him, so I'm going to reopen it. He abdicated the papacy, and he went back to his original name and his original vocation. He wanted to be a hermit, actually. And when he abdicated, he went back to his name, Pietro Angelario. Pietro Angelario. He wanted to be a hermit, but his successor, Pope Boniface VIII, which uh, talk about a power-hungry pope. See, what's interesting is, I know people are probably already critical of me of saying of me saying some of the things I did about Pope Francis. But what's interesting is, is you can go back and say Pope Boniface VIII was power-hungry and somewhat corrupt pope and no one cares. Or you can say Pope Alexander VI was a bad pope and no one cares. But if you say it about someone in recent history, people flip out and call you a schismatic. People say, oh, yeah, it's so cool that Dante put popes in hell. Like, how artistic. But if you say anything like that in our time, you're sizzy, you're schismatic, um, And I don't care what people think about me. So Pope Boniface VIII, who was a power-hungry pope, and I would say not one of the best popes of all time, he was worried about having a retired, resigned, abdicated, use whatever you, whatever word you want, pope on the loose, going around. So he basically restricted him. And would not let him go back to being a hermit. Oh, I have a visitor here. Hey, I'm making a video, babe. (laughs) Do you want to join us? (laughs) What would you like to say to the world? Hi. Hi. Good. Um, She's what? Oh, it did? Oh, tell mom to hide it. Oh, she's already saw so- it. She already saw it. Okay. All right. Well, Margaret's bike came. That was supposed to be for her birthday. Okay. Well, I'll I'll come down and handle that a little bit. A bike came for her sister. We're supposed to hide it. Margaret's already seen it. I'll work all that out in a little bit. Okay. Where was I with Pope Celestine? Oh yeah. So Pope Boniface VIII Eighth um, wanted to restrict him. Um, he ordered Pietro Angelario, the previous pope who had abdicated, to come to Rome. But guess what? Pietro escaped and he hid in the woods, so that he could resume his monastic life. Now, let me tell you something about Pietro Angel Angelario. He was a former pope. He abdicated. He's a saint. He's a canonized saint, and he disobeyed the pope he disobeyed the Pope and escaped and fled into the woods. Now, the reason I bring this up is because there's all these post-trads out there that say, if you disagree with one tweet, hold on, let me, maybe I'll, what voice should I do here? Yeah, I'll do this one. If you disagree with one tweet, one statement, one Wednesday audience of the Pope, you're not submitting to the Holy See. You're a schismatic. Deal with it. Uh-oh. Another update on the bike. What's going on with the bike? Um, so, Martha's looking at the bike. Okay, well, it's it's, it's already happened. So go, go, try to find um, Mary or Rose or Mom. Mom, at mom. Okay, well, I'll, I'll be down in a little bit. Just tell everybody Daddy's podcast and I'll be down in a little bit. Yes, put on that red light. Mm-hmm. I have a red light outside the door. That means I'm live. I forgot to turn it on. Not that the little girls, not that it, that ever stops them. Okay, so back to, back to um, Pope St. Celestine and Pope Boniface. So these post-tribes are like, if you say anything negative about a Pope or you disagree or whatever, if you don't like and submit to her custodis, you are a schismatic. Well, tell me about this guy. Pope St. Celestine, who was an abdicated pope, who disobeyed and ran away and hid in the woods from the pope, who ordered him to come to Rome. Anyway, it's a very sad ending to Pope St. Celestine. Uh, Here's the, uh, this proved impossible, and Pietro was captured after an attempt to flee to Dalmatia, was thwarted when a tempest forced his ship to return to port. Boniface imprisoned him in the castle of Fumone near Ferentino and Lazio attended by two monks of his order where Pietro died after 10 months at the age of 81. His supporters spread the allegation that Boniface had treated him harshly and ultimately executed Pietro. But there's no clear historical evidence of this. Pietro was buried in Ferentino, but his body was subsequently moved to the Basilica of Santa Maria de Colomaggio in La Iguala. So there you go. See, church history is a lot more complicated and there is a time to say obedience has limits. Clearly, Pope St. Celestine, when, a, when the Pope who succeeded him, ordered him to do something, clearly, and here he is right here, this is a death mask, but that's him, clearly Pope St. Celestine, a former Pope, did not obey the rightful Pope of the Catholic Church. Because obedience has limits, my friends. Obedience has limits, and everyone should tattoo that in their mind because a pope, a bishop, a priest, a president cannot command you to do evil and cannot command you to violate your conscience, especially if your conscience is rightly formed by Scripture, tradition, and the magisterium of the church and natural law. So what's interesting is if Pope Francis does issue a motu proprio or a document defining the it's not an office defining the role of Pope Emeritus. Now Emeritus in common parlance means um former ex, you know like when you say he's uh Archbishop of Emeritus of St. Louis. It means he's the ex-bishop of St. Louis. He's no longer actually the ordinary of St. Louis. But when it comes to the papacy, it's confusing because when you say he's the bishop emeritus, we all know that if you're a bishop, you've been consecrated to that level of holy order, and that's an indelible reality in your soul. It doesn't go away. But the papacy is not an indelible reality. The papacy is an office, so you're not ordained or consecrated to the papacy. You're elected, and you accept it, right? And then traditionally, you are coronated, you are crowned as the pope, but you're the bishop of Rome. The ontological, metaphysical reality is that you are a bishop. Um, The papacy is an office that you can accept upon election, or you can abdicate, as did Pope Saint Celestine, as we just learned about. The fact that Benedict XVI wears a white cassock, wears a ring, wears shoes, if that means anything. Uh, Science's name, Papa. I've even heard of someone in the United States who has a... um, You know how you can get those certificates from Rome where the Pope blesses your marriage on like a 25th anniversary? Well, allegedly someone got one recently from Pope Benedict XVI, and it says, Pope, Papa... Uh, blessing you on your 25th anniversary. It doesn't say emeritus or anything. So somehow someone's getting their marriage blessed, a pontifical blessing on their marriage by Pope Ben XVI, who supposedly is not the pope anymore. This is confusing. It is not good. You can't have two popes. And using the language of Papa Emeritus is confusing. So uh, there needs to be some kind of clarity here um especially when you have the language from Pope Benedict and Archbishop Gainsfine you know talking about an active papacy and a pa- uh, passive papacy or a contemplative papacy and an active papacy this is no good this is completely confusing so there needs to be some kind of clarity there are conservatives in the church i think cardinal bronmuller is one of them who says you know Benedict should not be wearing the white cassock. And he shouldn't be calling himself Papa. He shouldn't be addressed as your Holiness. Again, I don't know if Brandon says all these things, but I know that he, I think he's been critical on the white cassock or had questions about the white cassocks. I'd be happy to be corrected in the comments if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that this is something that, this is a criticism of Cardinal Mueller, who's one of the Dubia um, fathers. But yeah, I mean, It is confusing that he continues to use the name and use the costume of the Pope and the title of the Pope and give apostolic blessings as a Pope. When in the past, in the case of Celestine, when he abdicated the papacy, he went back to his baptismal name, Pietro Angelario, which would mean that if Benedict had actually followed the pattern of his predecessor, Celestine, he should have gone back the day after he resigned from the papacy to Joseph Ratzinger or Archbishop Joseph Ratzinger. That would be reasonable, rational, and traditional in accordance with tradition. Instead, what they did is they created a new role of Pope Emeritus. And what I think happened, I don't know if I've ever said this on a podcast, so I'm going to tell you what I think happened. I think they came to Pope Benedict in 2012 when he got the red binder. If you don't know what I'm talking about, the whole red binder and the controversy and the banking scandal of, of and the butler leaking the documents and all that, it's all detailed and in infiltration. My book, Amazon.com, or get it directly from Sophia. Uh, press. I believe late in 2012, when he got the red binder and the banking scandal was going on, and, and Vigano had revealed to him all these problems, and the three cardinals had done their research, I think he was extremely stressed. I think he was overcome. And I think a group of cardinals and leaders went to Benedict XVI and said, uh, If you're considering resigning the papacy, we support it. Uh, we believe that a conservative will be elected in your place that the, the college of Cardinals that you've appointed is, is conservative is more traditional. And we believe if you resign that that will move forward and you can continue your holiness to be papal. We will continue to honor you as being papal. You wear the white cassock. We call you Pope. We call you Papa emeritus. We'll call you your holiness. But if you abdicate, um, we can ensure that a conservative successor follows you, and we can continue the reform of the church, and you won't have to deal with it, but you'll still get the perks of being pontifical and being papal. That's what I've heard happen. That's what I think happened. Of all the data points, I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. Been wrong before. I could be wrong again. But that is what I think happened in late 2012. And I think he was deceived. I think he didn't know that the Sankalan Mafia had already stacked votes. Uh, We already know that ex-Cardinal McCarrick was out recruiting and campaigning for Bergoglio. So I think something rotten happened. And if I write another book, Mike called Infestation, uh, it's going to cover some of those details and new details. For example, that the butlers died and so on and so forth. All right, so that's the news uh, regarding Francis and Benedict. And of course, we need to pray. We need to pray the rosary every day. If you don't pray the rosary every single day, you're not on the team. Let's be on the team. Our Lady left her celestial throne in 1917 and came to Fatima, Portugal, to make some requests. Here's what she requested. She wants you, 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 and me, to pray the rosary every day. In Portuguese, she said a third of the rosary. That is five mysteries, five decades. Do it every single day. She asked you to. She asked us to observe the first five Saturdays. This is a devotion to make reparation for the five offenses against her and consecrating the world and our lives to her immaculate heart. By going to confession, and receiving Holy Communion on the first Saturdays. Five in a row is your goal. She also requested that we pray for the conversion of sinners. How often we forget this. We must pray for the conversion of sinners. Why why isn't Afghanistan Catholic? Because sinners must be converted. We have to pray. There's a synergy between the Sacred Heart of Jesus sending the Holy Spirit in the world and then the mystical body of Christ on earth the baptized praying doing penance preaching doing good works there's a synergy there it's a mystery we must pray for the conversion of sinners she asks us in Fatima to do that and then of course she also asked the Supreme pontiff Bishop of Rome Pope to consecrate Russia to her Immaculate Heart these are the things she asked for I'm not a pope, and you're not a pope. So what can we do? Well, we can be saints. We can be holy. We can avoid sin. If we do sin, we go to confession. We pray the rosary every day, and then we consecrate and hallow the first Saturdays, as well as the first Fridays. That's what we got to do. Read your Bible every single day. We read the Bible today. We read some good Ecclesiasticus, some proverbial Proverbs. Um... Get yourself to a traditional Latin mass. Be joyful. Um, I realize it's not always easy. You know, last week I did a podcast on traditional growing pains. About how older traditionalists need to be charitable and patient with newer traditionalists. And newer traditionalists need to be patient and aware with the older traditionalists. After I made that whole show, I actually caught a snarky comment about my family after Mass yesterday. I was like, oh my goodness. So even I get criticized. Even I get criticized after Mass. I don't think this person knew who I was or whatever, but they felt the need to give me their two cents in the church. (laughs) Oh boy. But you know what? I just prayed an extra decade and had a cup of coffee and let it roll off my back. You know, maybe the Holy Spirit was like, okay, you made that show on being patient. Now I'm going to test you this Sunday. So we just got to offer it up, sanctify it. Okay, if you like this video, please hit the like button. Share it on Facebook because I really doubt Facebook cares about Francis and Benedict and Pope Celestine and St. Raymond Nonnatus. So you have to be my algorithm. Share it on Facebook. That's the most important thing you can do. And subscribe if you're new and click that bell to be notified. Also, I'll be giving away the two beautiful rosaries that are uh, designed and cast and handmade by Seraphim Rosaries. My favorite rosaries. I'm not paid to say this. I get no cuts of it. I just like their rosaries. I'm giving a white one away to the ladies. I'm giving a black one away to the men. These are heavy duty, strong heirloom quality rosaries. They retail for hundreds of dollars. They're absolutely gorgeous and well-made. And I'll be giving away one to a man and one to a woman if you want to be in that drawing and also get some of my books signed, merch, t-shirts, coffee mugs, Pray the rosary every day you're not on the team. Any of that, go to patreon.com forward slash Dr. Taylor Marshall, and you can be a patron of this podcast. And I appreciate everyone's generous patronage who actually do support this podcast and support my work in writing, teaching, and doing these podcasts. So if you do like it, it's all free. There's 800 videos on YouTube. Uh, more on my uh, 3,000 articles on my site. All that stuff's free. If you want to throw some tips in the jar and support and be a patron, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash drtaylormarshall. And to say thank you, I will be giving away these two rosaries. And I also, at all the different levels, send you, for example, if you want an autographed version of infiltration, you can get that over at patreon.com. Okay, that's the end of that. We're going to now pray a Hail Mary in Latin, the Ave Maria, and we're going to do it And pray it for Pope Francis Bergoglio. No matter how you feel or how you think, the man needs our prayers. And let's do it. Oremus. Nomini Patris et Filii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena Dominus Tecum. Benedicta tu in molieribus et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, or Prenobis nobis peccatoribus nunc et mortis nostre. Amen. Almighty God, help us to be saints. Help us to forgive those who have hurt us. Help us to find good, holy, Catholic friends for all those people who have a vocation to the priesthood or religious life. Give them courage and guide them to the right places for those called to the holy sacrament of matrimony. Give them holy, good, faithful, Catholic spouses and many children. And bless us as we live in this life and try to be saints in Jesus' name. Amen. Nomini patris et filii spiritu sancti. Amen. All right, friends. Thanks for watching. Pray that Rosary every single day. Saint Raymond Nonatus, pray for us. And remember, our Lord Jesus Christ is your the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. God bless and Godspeed speed.